0: Welcome to Eclectica Hub's Yurt Sessions, a podcast brought to you by myself, Demi Lee and Anna Maria. Eclectica Hub is a visionary dance school, a growing lineage and an evolving sisterhood with a passion for supporting women and female-bodied people to return to their truest nature through modern-day rites of passage.
1: Our podcast is a platform to broadcast our essence and our womb-centric way of living It's a place to speak about life, birth, death, sisterhood, re-villaging, growth, and everything in between. Thank you so much for tuning in, and welcome to the community that is Eclectica.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Demi Lee and Anna Maria, and we are so excited to be birthing the Eclectica Hub podcast.
1: Welcome to our first episode. This is very much an introduction into what this podcast is all about. And yeah, we definitely want to share a little bit about our intention and um, how Eclectica has evolved into the movement that it is today. But we're also just really excited to kind of broadcast our essence and our ethos and um, let people in on like a more personal level. Yeah, this project has been in the making for years,
0: so it feels very, very special that we're finally doing this, Um, so so you get to know our voices, Um, my name's Demi Lee and this is my voice, (laughs) la, la, la. Very
1: smooth, very velvety. (laughs) Very soothing for our receivers. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Anna Maria's voice. It may change depending where I am in my menstrual cycle. (laughs) Right now I'm about to bleed, so I'm feeling very warm and slow. And actually, we're sitting in a beautiful yurt right now in Demi's backyard. Just, just a casual yurt in the backyard. A literal red tent. Yeah, women have birthed in this yurt, so it feels very sacred to be sitting within this womb to share these transmissions to birth this transmission. Yeah, <laughs> we're also <truth>. giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
0: you guys know a little bit about our intention behind the podcast. Um, so Eclectica is essentially. A dance school and a dance troupe that's really anchored in helping women to return to their bodies and return to their fullest expression through a modern day rites of passage and a series of initiations that really connects them to their body, their authenticity, their truth, their uninhibited self. And on this podcast, we're going to be talking about all the values that we hold and a lot of the transmissions that we share as a troop and as an organization and just cover a lot of topic, a
1: lot of different topics. Mm. Um, Yeah. Topics that are relevant to people who have a womb, to women, to people who bleed, um, we really want to dive into so much around the stigmatization of wombhood and what it is to grow up in a society that doesn't truly understand what it is to be a cyclical being, um, doesn't understand like true rites of passage and the importance of celebrating celebrating and supporting people through these transformative events that we go through in life, whether that's bleeding, whether that's birthing, whether that's coming into community and ambition, whether that's moving through death or grief. There's so much that we move through in our human experience that isn't necessarily understood by the social construct that we live in. And that's so much what Eclectica is about. It's about tending to those fractures in our village mentality and Um, Bringing back the support of community, bringing back sisterhood, coming back to the old ways of holding one another through life's passages. Yes, and so many of life's
0: passages are going to be covered. Some ideas that we've already discussed that we're probably going to be birthing through this podcast is episodes that are about body image and our journey with body image and how we relate to body image, about sisterhood about our connection to our partners, relationships, bleeding, birth, death, grief, mental health. Any else that you can think of? Uh, Rewilding. Mean, we could write a small we could, novel. We could literally write a novel. <laughs> and
1: we could list them all <laughs> off and tick all your boxes. But actually, if you're here listening to this, I trust that there's been a thread that's pulled you here, a thread of curiosity, a thread of desire. There's something inside of you that is yeah open to receiving these transmissions and um, yeah I'm excited to be in the mystery with you as well because yeah Demi and I have all these ideas but also like if we've learned anything over the last few years it's the art of surrender and what it is to just be surrendered to a creative process and allow our bodies to be conduits for this medicine and so whoever is tuning in and receiving like my intention, our intention is to be attuned to you so that, you know, we're in relationship with our audience and these concepts that come through are relative to our listeners. So that's really exciting to be in the mystery of it all. Definitely. The eclectic spirit's fully guiding us. And
0: in saying that, if there's anything specific you want us to cover, feel free to message us. Drop us a DM. Yeah, drop us a DM. And
1: <laughs> I'll just like flag that Demi and I are rookies at this. Like <laughs> this our first podcast, you should see us right now. We don't know what we're doing. I mean... We're We're sharing a microphone. Yeah, we're so guided by Will, sheer Will. Um, But we're sharing a microphone right now. We're crouching over Demi's Yoni steaming box. (laughs) That my partner made me. It's really beautiful. It's all very glamorous and it's so hot in this year. Like, I'm literally sweating. We can't put a fan on because that would impact the recording. (laughs) You know, the things you do for love. But, you know, if you hear a dog barking or, like, some birds chirping, just... It's part of the scene, love. We're in, in
0: Morunday. We're surrounded by nature. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a given. <laughs> um, so I guess we should get started into your us, about
1: us, your two hosts. Yeah, we really want this to be personal. Like, yeah. we really want to break this, like, separation of who is Eclectic are, like, as it being this separate entity. And it's like, we're people. Like, we're yeah, humans. Spaces. Yeah, we <laughs> have human experiences. We have life traumas, like we really want to share from, like, such a deep place of authenticity and play and, um, yeah, silliness. Like, we really just want our essences to come out and play with you so that you can really get a feel for our nature as hosts. um, Yeah, to be real. Like, you know,
0: don't be surprised if there's tears and laughter and we're, like, sharing and bearing our souls to you because that's really the essence that we want to convey is giving you a window into... Our human nature. Yeah. Um, and just be as authentic as possible.
1: <laughs> yeah. And on that note, I don't know, maybe you want to share a little bit about your journey, like your life journey, and how it led you to be a part of this movement. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I grew up in Melbourne.
0: Um, I was raised in a very, very beautiful family. My mum and dad are still together, and I have two younger brothers. And, um, yeah, I'm very, very grateful for the life that they gave me. I was always really supported to follow my dreams. Um, we had the privilege of travelling. We have a beautiful river house in Bundalong. Um, yeah, which is just such medicine. And I was just given, um, yeah, just a lot of great experiences and a- great memories. Um, I had a really good school experience as well. Um, a good group of friends and yeah I guess I was always um, a free spirit and I think there was always a part of me searching for something deeper and there was always a part of me feeling like maybe I've just grown up in the wrong era Um, maybe the medicine that I want just doesn't exist Um, and then I guess I went through a huge rupture when I was 21 um, or 22 I can't really quite remember the age maybe this is an episode for another time um, but basically I yeah went through a huge rupture where I had a complete falling out with all of my high school friends my best friend at the time I broke up with my boyfriend um, yeah and his whole friendship group essentially I got fired from my job and I lost my driver's license all in the space of two weeks and it was really a an intervention from spirit um, who was just seeing that I wasn't quite on the path that was for me and wanted to redirect me onto a path that I'm on now, which is really attuned to what I was searching for, which was essentially like a community that I really, really could um, fully express myself without fear of judgment, a community where I could be naked and sing and dance and explore creativity and art and festivals. Um, and in the midst of that rupture, that's how I met Anna Maria. And um, I was in the midst of this breakup that quite literally nearly broke me. I was very, very underweight on antidepressants. Um, yeah, just really felt like my soul wasn't in my body anymore and experiencing a lot of anxiety over who my people were I felt like I had no friends left and I definitely created that for myself as well by pulling away from people that were my friends um and yeah I ended up actually when I was in a relationship I met this funny 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 sister um in Bali I met her at Matreya, actually a festival but then she came and traveled with me in Bali and she said to me have you met the fairies <laughs> And I was like, who are the fairies? And she's like, wait till I show you. And she shows me the Facebook of Anna Maria and Gemma, um, the two sisters that started Eclectica. And I was just fully taken into this vortex of like a fairy land where there were photos of them on aerial hoops hanging from their roof in warehouses, dressing up in like amazing costumes. They had a bindi on their dog, Peanut. Um, And I could just feel these beautiful seeds of magic that I was so drawn to. Um, And then when I got back, she introduced me to the fairies. And, um, yeah, there was just this instant bond and instant love. And what really happened from there is when I saw Annie and Jem at festivals, I was just drawn to them and they were drawn to me. And what I really got from the medicine of both of you was just, like, unconditional acceptance. I was... Literally at the lowest point in my life so far, I think. Um, I didn't really know who I was. I was an anxious mess. I felt like really just like a wounded, fragile little bird. And you guys just said, you're amazing. We love you. Like you just saw me despite all the stuff that I was going through and the patterns. We
1: saw the light of your soul. Yeah, you did. (laughs) And you just
0: whipped me up and... Um, yeah, at the time I had started hula hooping as a way of coping with the anxiety. And um, there was a festival at Strawberry where you pulled in and I jumped in the back of your van. There was cushions everywhere. <laughs> and we went for a dance on the on the D floor and you had the rainbow fans. I had the hoop. Mm. And then you invited me to your brother's festival and I started sharing a bit about my breakup. And yeah, then you guys asked me to join Eclectica and that's basically where it all began and from there, I mean, in the beginning we'll go into stories of that shortly, but it was very much this beautiful, eclectic mix of um, music and art and creativity and travelling in a gypsy bus and we were just fully, it felt like we were living in in a novel from... Jack Kerouac or something like one of my favorite authors probably it was like a dream come true and I felt like I'd finally found community who I could be naked with and experience these deep human experiences with with people who understand it and and bless my friendship group group um, they really accepted me for who I was and really tried to dive into all the realms with me but um, to find a community who's just more interested in the same things that I am and can kind of, like, push me along in that growth was, was really supportive. Mm. And I guess from there, Eclectica grew, and that's a story that we'll share soon, but maybe you can share about you now, Annie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, when Demi entered into Eclectica, I just want to side note, like we were far less woomy and grounded (sighs) and were very much living in the ethereal and we were actually called Cosmica and our, um, yeah, our transmissions were like more around being in the aerial hoop and in the pole and literally dancing in the sky and it was just so, (laughs) So it's such a testament to like where we were at in our journey and literally like... Me and Gemma, who co-birthed Eclectica, were actually known, like, publicly in the community as the fairies. So. Literally. I
0: don't even know how that's, like, someone must have given you that I name. don't even think people knew our names. Like, no, they, they just referred to us as the fairies. And then when I became friends with you, they'd be like, oh, Demi, you're one of the fairies. Or people would come up to me at Rainbow and be like, are you one of the fairies? I'm like, I guess I am. Uh,
1: so I, I feel like that's important because it just kind of speaks to how much we've grown and deepened over... Yeah, like the nearly 10 years that we've Mm. been operating, which is so crazy to say, so crazy to know that you've devoted yourself to a project for, you know, almost a decade and basically raised like a small child. Like, (laughs) Eclectica (laughs) is a small child. And, you know, Eclectica being 10 years old kind of means that they're more at that level of independence as well. Mm. Like, (laughs) we don't have to, like, hold its hand (laughs) as much. It's like it's literally its own entity. (laughs) It's out of the terrible twos. It's a teenager. (laughs) It's not a a a toddler anymore. anymore, Throwing tantrums. (laughs)
0: Thanks, Eclectica, for growing up with us. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, But, yeah, coming back to my journey, I definitely had a contrasting experience to Demi growing up. I was the youngest of 11 children. um, And whenever I tell people that, they're always like, what? Like, it just never gets old, that reaction. Um, But my family were traditional Catholic um, devotees and... Yeah, contraception wasn't really a thing. And so my mom devoted herself to having babies and she was an incredible mother as well. Like she really took to the role of nurturing. But, you know, within existing, within such a large family, um, there, there wasn't always enough love and enough care and enough tending to go around. So I felt growing up that my needs weren't always met um, and within that as well, I experienced a, a significant amount of trauma in in my early years and, and early adolescence. And perhaps that's something that I'll share more about on a, another podcast. But I really see that, you know, my life has been this like beautiful, dark soil from which I chose to plant a garden. And everything that I've experienced in my life has been a seed and has been initiation to birth me into the medicine woman that I am today, to birth me into this incredible capacity to see others through the eyes of compassion and to hold others. And, you know, that's really how I've ended up where I am within holding space and and being such a significant role in birthing this school and, you know, bringing back these rites of passages because it was so much of what I was lacking in my life. And, of course, we, we all go through lives of passage Naturally, we all go through transformational events, but most of us in this society will lack the support um, and the integration of what it is to go through those hugely transformative events. Um, So yeah, coming back to my life, um, when I was 19, I was working full-time at McDonald's, you would believe, (laughs) The manager. Yeah. flipping bergs. flipping bugs, <laughs> Getting greasy. <laughs> Getting tattoos on my lunch break. Did no. you actually? No, I actually did that once. I have one tattoo. <laughs> True.
0: On oh, your lunch break, though. That's like that.
1: Wow. How long did your
0: lunch break go for? That's pretty quick. Um,
1: anyway, moving on. I'll tell that tattoo story another time. Um... Yeah, I was very depressed. I really didn't feel that I was living within my potential. I really struggled in high school. I felt like I had been pushed into this system that didn't understand my nature and a system that very much crushed my essence. I experienced a lot of bullying, a lot of loneliness, um, a lot of dismissal of my creative nature. And I see my high school years as a period in my life where I was very much a shell of myself. Mm. Um, and so, you know, working at McDonald's without a very strong foundation of who I was kind of left me feeling really depressed and um, like there was no pathway. I didn't know where I was heading in life. I was addicted to amphetamines and I was just kind of chipping away. I was slugging away and I experienced a great intervention actually at one point. Um, one of my best friends at the time asked me if I wanted to give stripping a go and it's something I'd always thought about but didn't really have the confidence to pursue. My older sister was a dancer and I always really romanticized it and thought that it would be like such a glamorous um, yeah glamorous experience and yeah I was really lucky that I had an ally to support me to get get into that line of work and I know this might sound strange because it might feel like I'm really Glorifying that line of work and I think that there's important work within those realms but I also just want to say that there's also a lot of distortion but for me I feel fortunate that it came my way because it was the intervention that I needed to step into my truth and to step into my power and to step into the depth of my expression and the colors of my expression and you know while working in the club I had a very contrasting experience of extreme levels of empowerment and undressing to the layers of myself my soul and finding out who I was underneath this really barren identity that I built for myself um to also experiencing the the distortion of the adult entertainment industry which is definitely something that I feel like needs a whole episode um to dive into and it's actually something that I've written a book about that I I haven't quite finished yet but um Yeah, I have a very deep and varied understanding of what exists within those realms on both like a metaphysical and physical level, which I'm really excited to share about. But anyway, as I was kind of um, transitioning into this work of becoming an adult entertainer, I met my absolute soul sister, who I'll be connected with until the day I die. i um, will have to get her on for an episode, we'll definitely. will have to get her on, yeah. Her name is <laughs> Gemma, and she is who helped seed and birth the, the institution that today is known as Eclectica. And I remember the night that she came into the club Because I was very internal. I didn't really make friends with the other women there. And actually there was a really strong um, stench of, you know, fractured sisterhood within those Mm. realms. The way the women related to each other could be very cruel and very nasty. Yeah. And the night that Gemma came in and started working at my club, I remember looking at her on the pole and thinking, who is this woman? Like she was so ethereal, the way her bare feet, toes were pointed on the pole uh, on the pole as she just kind of swung around like a literal fairy mm. and i remember just watching her thinking she is not real And naturally I went and started having a conversation with her after and we found that we just had really similar values and ambitions and dreams. And it was that night that we decided we wanted to start a burlesque belly dance dance troupe. Um, And neither of us were burlesque dancers or belly dancers. was that night that you met her? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, straight away. We're just like, this is the vision. Let's do it. And um, we very quickly descended into a unwavering sisterhood. It was probably like the strongest initiation I'd had into sisterhood of pretty much being in creationship with this other person. Mm. Something about our souls colliding just um, brought so much life into my world. And it's there that Eclectica was birthed. And um, as I was sharing before, we were initially known as Cosmica. We were very much up in the ethereal Very airy. Very airy, very different versions of ourselves. But as, like, I went on my journey of self-development and feminine development, coming into, you know, the wise walls of my womb and my cycle and working with plants and, um, Mm. yeah, beginning to have a bit more of a shamanic understanding of the ways of life and an understanding of the cycles of death and rebirth that we go through as humans, Um, all of this work obviously was conveyed within what Eclectica was actually destined to be and along mm. that path met so many sisters who just had the codes to bring to the journey and Demi was someone who came along quite early days and within people that I've invited into Eclectica it's always been a very intuitive thing it's it's being my spirit recognizing their spirit and being like hey you need to be a part of this movement um, so yeah it's been really incredible to watch it deepen over the years and Um, After I gave birth to my daughter and experienced a pretty significant rupture through industrialised birth trauma, um, I was in a position where everything... That I was and everything surrounded me had completely shattered and fallen apart and it was from that space that the the dance school came through really strongly to offer this really safe container for women and womb holders to come back to their essence to come back to their power and it was through me rebuilding myself that um, these new foundations were laid within Eclectica and this new intention was solidified of um, how we wanted to support people and women coming into their power. And as much as this has been like a woman-centric journey and a womb-centric journey, it's been so beautiful over the last maybe two years to see more men um, Mm. showing up and being moved by this project. And at our last concert that we did where there was um, 400 people in the audience each night, like looking out into that audience and seeing a sea of men with like Mm. tears in their eyes it was just like wow like this is what this work is about because this work isn't just about womb people this work is about the village it's about bringing hope bringing faith bringing community back and restoring the village mentality restoring solidarity restoring support um so it feels like at this point in the eclectica journey we're really coming into the essence of what the core purpose is of this entity that is Eclectica. And I say entity because it feels like Eclectica is no longer about me or Demi or us as a core troop. It's actually about being in relationship with this spirit that we've been feeding for the last 10 years that now has its own essence, its own Mm -hmm. life force. And for us, it's really about learning to be conduits to its medicine and its magic and to allow it to you know, come through our bodies in attunement with um, what needs to be received within humanity right now. Yeah, Eclectica is its own spirit. And all we're doing is just
0: listening to what wants to come through, listening to her boundaries, her gifts, her guidance.
1: Yeah. And we get Yeah, (laughs) bloody transformations. We get served by her initiations. It's pretty much like being on like a plant medicine dieta for like... (laughs)
0: I literally, before our most recent concert, I was crying because Annie had accidentally stood on my foot. It was a super bruise. I thought it was broken. It might be actually, because it still hurts. (laughs) And it was like the day before the concert. And I just saw it as like the medicine serving us again with the initiation we need, well, I need into trusting myself and trusting, um, you know, that pleasure and pain can be this uniting force and that, they're not separate mm. um but I remember just crying to Josh being like well, I hate the eclectic spirit right now why is she doing this to us we're just trying to do this good thing for humanity and like serve this beautiful transmission oh, that the really victim. help people
1: <laughs> and she's in. just <laughs> she's just serving us and making us all sick <laughs> Sometimes you just have to go to those spaces. Uh, right? I even said to you, I think I was like, I just can't get out of victim right now. None of it makes sense. Yeah. It will. And then the lessons drop in and Demi like performed with, I, I still think your toe was broken. <laughs> I think it is because Demi works. performed like three times because we had two concerts and we also had like the video filming. She performed three times <laughs> with a broken toe and she was just such a boss. Like I was like, you are my biggest inspiration. <laughs> I just like fully trans. Um, What's the word? I just like moved out of my pain body and that's actually what happens when when performing in an eclectic transmission like it's very transcendental transcended my pain body that was the word i was trying to think yeah yeah yeah. it's very transcendental and like what we're actually doing is we're bringing through prayer through movement Mm. we're bringing through these stories and within that like it's probably one of the most cathartic experiences I've had to date is performing Mm. within Eclectica and having that experience of um, such extreme embodiment and prayer meeting at the same time. Mm. It's profound. And, you know, that's what's felt by our audience. And I think that's why we've been able to expand so rapidly over the years because, you know, we're not performers. We don't offer a performance. Like, we offer a felt experience. Mm. We offer, like, a container where people have breakthroughs and realizations and profound insights about themselves. And it's its a transmission. It's medicine coming from our hearts, entering into the hearts of our receivers. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really is.
0: Anyway, Thank come so see
1: our show sometime if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, like, what are you even doing? What are you like, doing with get your lives?
0: <laughs> Honestly, sometimes. But it's it's interesting um, getting people to come to our concerts because it doesn't feel like it's for us or it's about even them receiving us. It's us just knowing the medicine that it holds.
1: Yeah, like I'm not like, come see me perform. I'm like, come and change your life. Yeah
0: and we're so anchored in saying that you know it's so weird like people are like oh right like you're literally that's a that's a
1: high claim like you're yeah, gonna live up to that I'm I like, literally absolutely. I got people to fly from other states like my conviction was so strong I was like you don't want to miss this like you'll be so upset if you miss this this will change your life this will yeah I can't remember what I said because it was just like in the moment the eclectic spirit came over me yeah, it wasn't my fault but it people was are literally buying plane tickets to come to our show so you know that that says something about its magnetism and I've never experienced anything like it of like walking out into an auditorium after a show and feeling the way it has shaken people, Mm. seeing people with tears in their eyes, seeing people hugging and holding each other, um, seeing men in such profound softness. And and it's been so beautiful to like receive feedback from men who have come up to us after shows and said like, wow, like that that really hit a spot for me. Mm. Like, thank you. Thank you. I understand the feminine. Mm. And, yeah, there's nothing – I just haven't experienced that in my life with the masculine of, yeah, feeling such extreme softness. And, you know, I think that that's been a part of me healing my relationship with the masculine Mm. as well and my relationship with men. But seeing that reflected back through our audience members is – so special so so special it is and
0: it's so we really want to pull men in um and yeah not have them as this separate thing watching the show thinking I can't understand that experience of course to some degree yes you'll never understand but also we've all come from a womb we all have a connection to the womb we're all connected to the earth's womb and we all have, you know, um, sisters or friends or mothers or aunties. Or daughters. Daughters, granddaughters. Um, and, yeah, we just – we – it's it's really interesting because I never want to paint a picture of Eclectica of us being this, like, female-bodied-only or, like, crazy feminist group, you know, because we just receive so much medicine – from men and male-bodied people and one of the episodes we'll talk about this um, co-collaboration we did between us and Man Cave which was Mm. just the full meeting and the full receiving each other's medicine and we're just all the men in our life we're so grateful for you we're so grateful for the brothers yeah we see your space holding we see everything you pour into the world and we see that like just the world just couldn't exist without you you have so much medicine so much yeah I'd also um, love to speak Um, literally how Eclectica went from a performance troupe to a dance school. Like, I know it came through your birth, but also basically we were just doing all these performances, which, of course, started off as burlesque, ballet dancing style, still involved a lot of magic. Um, And then when we started doing plant medicine together, we realised that our transmissions could take people on a medicine journey of their own. And the planned spirits was really, really guiding us into what needed to be birthed next. Mm. And that was when people started to, over time, like the transmissions were getting deeper and deeper and it was being received by people deeper and deeper. And people from the audience in Rainbow or any festival we'd perform at would come up and say, wow, like how can I experience this? How can I, how can I dance with you? Can I join your dance troupe? Um, I want to experience that feeling on stage that you guys are having of being embodied, being in your body, feeling empowered, feeling liberated. Um, And I guess we couldn't say yes to every single person that wanted to join our dance troupe. Otherwise, it would be like a 200-person dance (laughs) troupe, maybe even more, like a thousand people on stage. Um, But we thought okay, like, how can we give them a similar experience? So that's when you started doing the Sacred Dancer and the Animal Medicine courses, which Mm. at that stage were more like a few week
1: long or six day courses. We had one day immersions. Mm. Actually, that's something I actually wanted to speak to in my life journey, because it actually feels really relevant of when those initial dance courses came through. I was at a real, um, I guess, cross- path in my life where i was going one way that didn't feel so good and it was like something had to give something had to open and around this time i actually had an abortion my my first and only abortion that i've had and it was really interesting because part of my decision around having an abortion and the fact that i wasn't ready to be a mother and my partner wasn't ready to be a mother um, a father a father <laughs> Shout out, Josh. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to my husband. (laughs) Um, At the time, we just were not ready. But simultaneously, what was happening was that Eclectica was about to expand into new terrain. We had been invited to perform at a festival overseas called Boom Festival in Portugal, which was an incredible opportunity for us. And I was kind of like, "Okay, I can put all of my career ambitions on hold right now and become a mother, which I really don't feel ready to do or I can make this choice to fully devote myself to Eclectica as my child. And I made the decision to have the abortion. It wasn't easy, um, but it was definitely what was right for us at the time. And it was within a few weeks of that that I was away on a modeling tour because I I used to model full time as a freelance fine art model. And it was something that wasn't really feeling in alignment with me anymore, but something shifted after I had been pregnant and had this termination, something shifted in my spirit where I didn't want to use my body in that way. I felt like I had gone through this softening of motherhood, like my womb had held life. Um, There was just this need to come into like more containment and privacy And I was away on a tour and I decided, no, I'm going to quit. I'm going to kind of close the door on this. It's not feeling right. My body is just not in the space for this. And it was like that was my initiation of this like taste of motherhood, of choosing then to devote myself to my baby which was Eclectica and through that like the floodgates just opened and all of the content came through for our first dance school initiation which was a seven-week journey called Unlock the Sacred Dancer and it all just came through in the clearest channel as soon as I closed that door Mm. and from there um, you know that was like a growing process but why I wanted to speak to that is that you know miscarriage and termination still carry the codes of motherhood and whether mm. we end up mothering a baby or a child or a project, it's a all business. the same transmission. It's all the same code. And you still gave birth. I still gave birth, and that was the initiation for me to mm. be like, this is what it is to devote yourself to something you love so much. And now I have become a mother, and I do have a child and a daughter that I I love so intensely. There's nothing I could, um, you know, compare to it. But I do feel that the birth of Eclectica within like the the dance school was a huge um, a huge aspect of everything coming into life and everything coming online. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it was a bit of a <laughs> bit of a sideways story, but and, I, and, and I think it's relevant.
0: Be yeah, because a lot of what we're going to be speaking about is also yeah how rupture can um, break us and shake us and remake us mm. into the person that we're meant to be, and it's yep. like really the medicine we need to birth new things and to move in new directions and to cultivate resiliency and strength and softness yeah and
1: what's interesting is it's like the termination that was like the catalyst for you know those shorter courses to start and then like the birth of my daughter was the catalyst for the full dance school to to take off so it's like the initiations that happen in our life go along the initiations that happen in our creative projects they absolutely do they're all mirrored um, so we also have some
0: questions here that we could probably spend the last fifteen minutes or so answering. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what time we started, but I don't know either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we trust in the flow of this. Um, so Demi's really cute. She put on her Instagram story if people wanted to ask questions and So many people wrote in and we're just like so chuffed. It is. It really is.
0: Um, So one that we really did want to answer is how do you maintain a friendship for so long through so much death and rebirth? Mm. (laughs) Such a juicy one. Do you want to talk
1: about that?
0: Yeah, well, first I want to say that I think sisterhood bonds of this level of closeness and this level of intimacy is not not, like light and fluffy. Um, Really, it requires so much of you to lean into the uncomfortability of sharing your truth and bearing your soul. Um, So me and Anna Maria, obviously also running a business together, which is actually another question we can probably merge the two together, the difficulties of having a business with the best friend and how you cope with this. (laughs) (laughs) But basically I think sisterhood is one thing and then running a business with your sister is another. And I think being able to do that at the same time, is really a testament to how much we love each other and how much we're devoted to, like, resolution and... Mm, There's definitely, like, a level of mastery required. It is. (laughs) And that level of mastery can feel so intense (laughs) to, like, feel, you know, triggered and to share that. And we don't have... um, What we're really passionate about in sisterhood is speaking to one another rather than about one another and... You know, when I'm triggered by Anna Maria, the first person to hear about it is her. Um, and we've kind of reached a point where we can mostly say it in the moment, mm. which is really an
1: amazing level of permission. Yeah. Um, but I think that... Because the trigger's not always about the other person. No. It's about being able to name, like, oh, like, there's a charge mm. surrounding this situation and we need to talk about it so it doesn't have any power over me.
0: Definitely. I think... Yeah, Anna Maria is almost like a mother, so
1: it's like,
0: yeah, like you reflect mother things Mm. surrounding like the mother archetype. Yeah, definitely had some
1: mummy-daughter things
0: playing (laughs) out between me and Demi. (laughs) And yeah, I feel like when I met you, I was fully in my teen as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah, hadn't yet moved out of the teen. Even though I was in my 20s, I still was really behaving from my teen a lot, which I think a lot of people are. Yeah. and yeah, I think there's always just been this immense honesty of like, hey, I've witnessed this in you or hey, I've witnessed this in you and us kind of trusting one another's lens. Mm. And I think that's really important for maintaining a friendship for so long is like, do you trust one another? How how willing are you to sit in the discomfort of what they're reflecting to you? And like, how honest are you? Mm. I feel like With so many friends, you can be in your people pleaser or the other person can do something that doesn't sit well with you, but you're just too afraid to say anything or you don't want to, you know, ruffle feathers or cause drama. And it actually just creates more distance and Mm. you end up seeing them through a lens of distortion based on your triggers that just build up over time because they're not cleared. Mm. So I feel like the reason that we're so intimate and the reason we can have a successful business is because there's such devotion
1: to tending to our garden yeah absolutely and it's like being in business actually calls us into more integrity with one another because maybe like if we didn't have all of these responsibilities that we're sharing we could let more things slide but it's Mm. like there's none of that like the eclectic field has to be so clear for it to function and we can't facilitate together otherwise yeah we're (laughs) constantly getting in there with little brooms Mm. and just like cleaning out anything that doesn't feel um clear because if if things aren't clear between me Demi that affects the whole functionality of like the entire entity that is Eclectica so it's like yeah it's definitely called us into more integrity and within that like that's offered us tools within our relationships outside Eclectica Mm. whether it's with other sisters or with our Our partners. partners as well And, you know, alongside, like, having these tools and resources, which is great, like, Demi and I have a really strong foundation. Like, we've seen each other through, like, the deepest passages Mm. in life. Like, Demi was at the birth of my daughter. Mm. Um, We've known each other for so long now. We've traveled Europe together. We performed around Europe together. Oh, my God. We have (laughs) these experiences that have, I guess, like fertilize the soil of our friendship and it feels unbreakable and unwavering and because that love is so strong that commitment to resolving and clearing and cleaning is um, just so naturally alive Mm. yeah we've grown so much
0: like we'll even talking about it before we started recording this episode of like during the beginning as we said we were fairies but we were like so In the ether, especially you and Annie, that honestly, Gemma, you mean? Um, you are Annie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Demi. If Demi says Annie, she's referring to To me as Annie because my close friends call me Annie, (laughs) but on the podcast, I'm actually (laughs) Anna Maria. Maria. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm still gonna call you Annie. You can call me Annie. (laughs) Um, yeah, they literally,
0: Jem and Ann used to come to rehearsals at like. 1am midnight to rehearse at my house yeah we'd be like Demi
1: we're coming over for rehearsal we'll be there at 9pm
0: and we'd get there at
1: midnight and then we'd be rehearsing to 3am and Demi was just like so malnourished because she wasn't eating at the time and I was depressed we filmed a video at like 3am of like a rehearsal video of us rehearsing and Demi literally she looked like a piece of paper like (laughs) I think back to that and I'm just like oh babe I'm so sorry I just had like an extreme amount of vitality in my early 20s as well. And but also I was like in that t- time period I was going through a breakup and
0: I remember being so obsessed with the person I was breaking up with that I'd be like constantly checking my text messages and voice messaging back and forth and like tapping my forehead with EFT tapping trying to release the anxiety in my body. And you guys were so patient with me as well like you'd be rehearsing and I'd just be lying in bed crying like I can't do it and you'd just all give me Reiki and hold space. There yeah. was just no judgment ever. Oh full trust. We just had full trust in your process we did and we had so much fun like we'll definitely have to do an episode about our europe trip in the in the gypsy bus together because 100 that was also just such a beautiful chapter of Eclectica's life and our life individually yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely oh it's so amazing is there any more
1: questions (laughs) we want to answer um
0: Okay, so there was the best friend one. Oh, and then what does it mean to be wolf woman? Oh, or what yeah. is the story behind When Women Were Wolves?
1: Yeah, so I thought we'd answer this question because it's very relevant considering we just did a show called When Women Were Wolves. And this person has written in asking, like, what does that mean to be a wolf woman? And for me, like, that was all about rewilding and undomesticating like the human psyche. And mm. coming back to our innate power as animalistic beings, who have these highly attuned nervous systems, who have this incredible insight within instinct and feeling and sensation, coming back to everything that we are as somatic beings, so that we can exist in true sovereignty and true a true sense of self beyond, um, you know, what society dictates to us of what we should be?
0: Yeah, it's really about activating the animal body and, yeah, recognising that we are mammals and... I feel like when we recognise that we're free, you know, like even in the realms of nudity, you know, we're the only mammal on earth that wears clothes and, of course, that's necessary due to temperature and things like that. But we're the only mammal that has so much shame around nudity. Mm. You look at a wolf and you don't think, oh, God, the wolf's naked. And you look at a wolf that's like growling and hissing and having this full primitive wild experience and you don't think anything of it. But we've been so domesticated and... Um, So industrialised, so connecting to the Wolf Totem was really about rewilding and
1: yeah, I guess, undomesticating ourselves. And destigmatizing like, what it is to be in a female body and mm. to have curves, to have rolls, to have breasts. Like, there were so many scenes within the show where we just wore, like, nude underwear. nude underwear to represent the naked form and having these, you know, women and womb-bodied people on the stage where it was, like, this versatility of size, ethnicity, colour, it was just like such a transmission in itself we didn't even have to be dancing to just stand there and see a landscape of the of of women mm. a landscape of female body people in their diversity and that in itself was like so powerful and it's so much what the work that we do in the school is about is about coming back to your innate sense of self and coming back to the power beyond you know, any conditioning around your aesthetic of what you should look like, how you should be behaving. What makes you lovable. Yeah, what coming into that uninhibited expression of your unique nature. And so, you know, When Women Were Wolves was a true representation of what our dance school is about. Mm. And also... Um, yeah, like so much of what was shared in there is like a beautiful mirror of what we're going to be offering in our Bali retreat as well, which is which is called the When Women Were Wolves retreat, um, which is going to be so oh, exciting so to exciting. be doing our Bali retreat. We've literally been planning it for three years, and. Um, yeah, it just feels like being on that land, being in ceremony, being in this like beautiful container for 10 days is going to be so transformational, not just for the participants, but for us as facilitators, mm. like it's going to be a massive medicine journey. And I know how powerful that land is as well. And I know the ways it will initiate us into whole new depths within this body of work that we're offering. It's so exciting. This year for Eclectic Art is
0: going to be a massive year. There's Huge. so much being birthed, you know, the the dance school, the immersions overseas. Um, there's like a Byron Bay dance school in the works, there's touring this in podcast Europe. touring in Europe. And also offering some online content as well, which is really, really exciting. Hmm.
1: And, you know, like when we were just like eclectic of babies and we were in our aerial hoop, (laughs) there actually was always this feeling of like, we're going to be world renowned, even though like at that moment it was like, you guys are like pretty basic. (laughs) (laughs) Basic bitches. (laughs) Well, oh, I didn't think that at the time. I was like, we're amazing. And I look back on YouTube videos. I'm like, we're so cute.
0: But, like, the um, the
1: essence for greatness was always there, the essence mm. for vastness and, like, that that feeling of, like – ambition like mm. there was always ambition that drove this project and ambition will continue to drive this project and we're talking about yeah 2023 is a big year but this is still just a seed oh from where it can go it's Watch just going to keep growing Watch sometimes out, we're people. like is it
0: growing bigger than we can keep up with it and then we're like oh we are it like it's growing cuz we're growing <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're not separate from this uh, this eclectic spirit <laughs> i'm not sure how long we've been well, i think i think it's it's about time for yeah it's about time to wrap this oh. up Oh, I loved this experience. It was so fun.
1: Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Hopefully it's not just, like, an hour of us <laughs> rambling. <laughs> I feel like we covered everything we wanted but to say. But it's, cover. like, an intentional ramble. <laughs> <and> it-
0: <laughs> yeah. Intentionally
1: yeah. rams. Anyways, we've got some, like, really sick episodes coming up, and... Actually, our next one is actually going to be around Sovereign Birth. birth, And I will speak to this quickly because we did a transmission around Sovereign Birth and around industrialized birth in our recent stage show. We did a slam poetry piece, and it was something that was significantly triggering for a large percentage of the people of the crowd. Either triggering or Actually, someone walked out. So it was like we went into this... um, Experience knowing that we were about to drop this bomb, and knowing that <laughs> some drop. people were full <laughs> mic drop, some people weren't going to get it, some people were going to see it through a lens of pain or distortion. But it absolutely had to come through. It's something we're so passionate about. Is um, birth. yeah, coming back to sovereignty when it comes to birthing and moving away from overly medicalized and industrialized birth. So if you're someone who watched that performance and were triggered by it, I actually just want to encourage you to lean into that because that trigger has nothing to do with me. That trigger has something to do um, with the conditioning that we all hold in this society around birth, the fear we hold around birth, the savior complex around birth. There's so much we want to speak to on this tr- topic. I want to share so much around my own experience of birthing and my own, um, you know, devotion to learning about the power of physiological birth. So stay tuned for that episode. It's going to be super hot.
0: It's going to be such a good episode. And also, just so everyone knows, like we're not against Western medicine and we're not against the medicalization of birth in necessary Situations, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, is a line that so many people obviously just couldn't hear in 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 that birth poetry. Um, I feel like our view might be seen as really radical, but it actually isn't. And I guess you'll understand more in the episode when we fully dive into. All the reasons why, but we're just passionate about returning to our animal body. And that's just Mm. such a big, big part of the wolf medicine journey is like the way wolves give birth, the way animals give birth, is the way that we really desire to give birth and the way we desire to feel trusted to give birth.
1: And the way that we give birth or the way that we're birthed impacts our human experience and impacts humanity and so there's a saying of heal birth heal the earth Mm. and there's so much truth in that sentence because so much of what we see within the distortion in humanity and the disconnection from nature comes from the way that we're birthed in western society Mm. and as demi said it's not about oh western medicine shouldn't exist it's like yeah absolutely it should exist it saves lives but hold on we need to restore some balance here absolutely balance balance is the answer
0: But thank you so much for listening, um, our beautiful listeners. Maybe there's only one person. Maybe it's us, (laughs) me and my mum and you.
1: But that's okay. We'll grow. We'll grow. (laughs) We're just so happy to be, yeah, just sharing ourselves authentically. And, yeah, we can't wait to be back in this room next week filming our next episode. (laughs) Yeah, speak to you then. All our love. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening.